the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Hide the girls. Looks out like it was a old man creep luncheon at the White House. Turns out Bill Clinton went to the White House for lunch with Joe Biden. It had to look like some pervert senior home as the hair sniffers got together to decide just how they could make the country happy. Here's an idea. Turn yourselves in, scumbags. And we'll get to the National Democrat scum. But I'd like to bring it down just a little bit. Focus on the local scum. So you're supposed to celebrate this weekend because, um, what was it? There was only 26 people shot, nine dead. So what's better, 44 shot, six dead, or 26 shot, nine dead? Year to date, in the city of Chicago, thank you, hey jackass, 894 people shot. And the Ukraine got $33 billion. And the Ukraine gets the attention of the military, huh? Where's the war? Well, the good news is, the oligarchs are gathering in the Ukraine to carve up that $33 billion. Why else do you think Stretch Pelosi went there? There can't wait to carve up that money. That's great. But I want to talk about the money and how it gets carved up in the nucleus of Marxist Democrat mafia. Chicago, Illinois, baby. It raises questions. It raises questions that warrant evaluation and inquiry. Former Chicago Inspector General Joe Ferguson weighing in tonight on the cloud, hanging over City Clerk Anna Valencia for emails suggesting she may have tried to open doors for business opportunities in New Orleans and elsewhere for Ignite Cities, a consulting firm where her husband Rayad Cosby is managing director. See, now this is how it works. One of the political whores picks spouse A or B, gets into politics. The other political whore, the one who is forced to see that unattractive Democrat scourge naked, the spouse starts a business. They go into lobbying or whatever the case is, and they manipulate the corruption of government, which is the only systemic problem this country has, so that they not only enrich their family, but bastardize the principles of their office. This is now commonplace. It's why a step-and-fetch Democrat will continue to vote for a Democrat in the sewer of Chicago, regardless of how many aldermen go to prison, how many times they get caught shaking people down, how many times they're caught beyond the shadow of a doubt. They are The ring is kissed like that scum yard gnome Mike Madigan and his mafia that ruined the city for five decades. Five decades. Now, how could it happen? Could it happen because the... Bureaus in charge of investigating are also Irish, also have their hair parted to the side and they're short in the pants. Sexually frustrated wives encourage them to pass up and profit from the corruption? Maybe. I think so. I think that's very good. 
But it can also happen when the other party that is supposed to be the opposition to corruption wants in on it. This is the argument I have. When people go, how could you say to move out of Illinois? How could you possibly tell people what you really think? Because the Illinois Republican is just as bad as the Illinois Democrat. Do you think I'm wrong? Here's a little story that broke after we wrapped our show last week. And it, is, it, it answers so many questions about the scum fraud running as a Republican. What's his name? Dick Irvin Richard, as it's pronounced. And he got the $20 million from Ken Griffin. What is Ken Griffin? Interesting. Interesting. Now, Ken Griffin has a hedge fund, and I like money. I like hedge funds, but I like honesty more. See, Ken Griffin has managed to take advantage of electronic trading in a way that I tried to explain, but it's awful complicated, although not really. He's front-running his hedge fund to nip and print money through front-running. It's simple. I've been aware of it for a while. But I thought, you know, uh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, see if he's really uh, fighting for the country or if he's in on the scam. Well, my question has been answered. He's in on the fracking scam. New reporting today from Bloomberg sheds light on how Illinois' richest resident, Ken Griffin, might have benefited financially from decisions Richard Irvin has made as Aurora mayor. It follows WTTW's reporting on a pattern of city contractors donating big to Irvin. According to the Bloomberg report, Griffin's company, Citadel, has a business relationship with an Aurora company that has donated big to Irvin. Griffin has spent $20 million so far to boost Irvin's campaign for governor, and Paris is back with the latest. Paris. Well, Brandis, that Aurora company is called Scientel Solutions, which has donated through the company or employees a total of about $135,000 by our count to political funds connected to Richard Irvin. Now, Bloomberg today reports that Scientel has a business relationship with Ken Griffin's Citadel going back at least six years and has been instrumental in building a wireless network to connect Citadel to the trading platform of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So you think he gave him the 20 million, all those scum Republicans that have been selling this dimwit, this Biden voter, Dick Irvin, have been, oh, he looked at it, he pulled, and he picked the guy who could likely win. Really? Because it sounds more reasonable to me to say this has been his political bitch, his political whore for six years. And that's just the fact. Just located in a data center in Aurora, right across the street from that building right there. And that exchange is, is owned by a company named Cyrus One. Now, Citadel uses in that. I like how they have all these companies. Reminds me of the Biden family, doesn't it? We'll get just 15 LLCs. We'll register them in Delaware. We'll have one of these phony P.O. boxes, how you could fit three million companies in one building. And then we'll hire another Democrat political whore. And you never know, he may one day end up being president. After all, they followed the model of the Chicago Mafia Democrat. ...to conduct high-frequency trading between the Merck and stock markets on the East Coast, which means that this arrangement is highly lucrative to Griffin's bottom line. And Bloomberg reporter Nick Baker explains that Scientel-Citadel relationship. The email I got does show, demonstrate there was a relationship between uh, Scientel and um, Citadel dating back to 2016 at the very least. Um, email showing that they had built this network together. They were happy about the performance of the See, network. See, now here's the thing. I love capitalism. I love it. I hate corporatism. The bastardization. They work under a cloak of capitalism. And they corrupt the business. That's what this is explaining to you.
This is a very high-tech way to describe what's called front-running. And it should be illegal. It is illegal if you're an individual trader and you do it. But if you're a company who hires political whores to cover, guess what you become? A billionaire. And all you got to do is sprinkle the infield. How do you sprinkle the infield? You pay off one of these political whores in the end. And you help their career. You help them achieve. You buy votes. That's why this political whore received Ken Griffin's money. Not because of a poll. And not because he's the best candidate. Because he's the cheapest whore. Work. When Scientel put some equipment on that Cyrus One tower, so the data center tower, they connected only one firm inside the data center, Citadel, which again demonstrates that they continued to have a relationship um, into 2019. Now, Paris, we all know that Richard Irvin is Griffin's hand-picked candidate for Illinois governor. What right. are the ramifications of this connection? Well, Brandon says, you know, the, the ramifications, honey, are absolutely nothing. This is how business is done and politics is done in the sewer of Illinois. The only state where the citizens are so in on the scam or are to- so stupid and dependent on welfare that they're willing to already have elected a governor who has been interwoven with criminals such as Rod Blagojevich proven on tape trying to buy a Senate seat. That's how you know nothing is going to happen. But I'm more interested in Ken Griffin. Oh, I am. I gave you the benefit of the doubt. I said, let's see, maybe he's just rich and stupid. Turns out he's rich. Not because he's stupid, but because he's created a nice little niche. It's not, you're not a man. You're not a traitor. You're a fraud. So, uh, Paris, you know, why is Aurora so important then to big trading firms like Citadel? Well, think of the old Merck Brandis, the Mercantile Exchange. So, downtown, traders are on the floor holding their hands up like this, trying to conduct trades. That doesn't really happen. I wish Ken Griffin would have came on the floor. That's where I loved it. You'd have went in the bathroom with a bloody nose and short some money there, nerd happen anymore. It's all conducted out of this data center in Aurora, which is why big trading companies like Citadel want to connect to it. And they get a leg up by conducting these mass volume, high frequency stock trades. And that depends on being able to beat your competitors by about a nanosecond. The best way to do that, exchange the information via microwave technology with these towers. It's faster than fiber optic cable. It's faster than general Internet, and that's why it is so lucrative to a company like Citadel. Now, the re- See, but they could also front-run orders they know are coming into the pit. That's how a lot of the old-timers used to do it. They'd hang up on their customer. We got a bad connection. There was a guy famous for this in the gold pit. We got a bad connection. He'd hang the phone up. He'd buy 5,000 cars. Then he'd get the order, and he'd put the order in. And he pretended to be a trader. Same thing that Ken Griffin's doing, on a, only on a major scale. Reporting from us and Bloomberg raises new questions about Griffin's interest in Irvin. But Griffin has stated repeatedly that he chose Irvin because he believes Irvin will be tough on crime, pro-business and end waste in corruption. Poppycock, billionaire scum. Poppycock. He's your. Can you say that on air? I think you can. He's your whore. He's your political whore. That's why he is. And you want the money, honey. You don't fool anybody, nerd. 312-642-5600. AM 560. The answer. Mr. Tom Jones? Love Tom Jones. See if you can find what's new, pussycat. That's when men were men. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Nice, you can't beat Tom Jones. It's not unusual. Women used to throw underwear at him. 
Now you'll have men throwing underwear at him. It's a sick world where front-running scum can be portrayed as geniuses. And they can pick their political whores by writing and stroking a check. And every Republican scum lawyer, head of the GOP, they'll step and fetch because they have no principles. They just want some of that guy's money. You're all, you make me sick to my stomach. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? I'm aggravated, but I'm glad the story broke. And I had a sneaky suspicion. There was always a question about that front-running algorithm bull dung. Go ahead. Here's a, here's a question I want to ask you. First of the first part of the question is, you know, you got a couple candidates running. Soon, they, if Irving is in this thing and they want him out, run one candidate who's the best of the best. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Here's the rest of my question that I want to ask you, but then get your response. And if Irving gets this thing, what are you going to do? I mean, I would probably. I did what I'm going to do, brother. Look at me. Look at me. I'm beautiful. I'm glowing. I'm I'm tan. I did what I'm going to do. You get the hell out of that sewer. That's what you can do because the Republicans are in on it. Just, I mean, how much evidence do you need? How much evidence do you need, brother? I mean, I know Bloomingdale's nice. There's a lot of other nice places. You don't have to come down here with me. I don't know how you look in a Speedo. But what you do have to do is the best thing for Robert and your wife and your future. Thank you very much. It's preposterous that you would tolerate this nonsense. And who's going to do anything about it? Look at it. This is the girl that's in charge of investigating. In this town where there's smoke, people are quick to say there's fire. Um, right now, we have an appearance issue. That's not necessarily smoke. No, you don't. You have Democrats that are enriching. They got spouses, not because they love them, but because they got bag billions, millions in there. Anna Valencia. Yeah, I'm sure she's completely innocent. Just like just like Dick Durbin's wife just happens to be a lobbyist. I have no idea. You have to be an absolute moron. Tolerate this. Tommy G. Hey, Sean, I can't help but laugh. Hey, how about the members like myself of the CME group and the Board of Trade who have been uh, knowing that there's been this uh, uh, speed advantage? And uh, I mean, how how do people not get this? And the second thing, before I let you answer that, the the, the retail person, your your folks listening to your show, they all signed up for these Robin Hood accounts when the government started handing out money like a drunken sailor. But now Robin Hood stocks down tremendously, and obviously. Retail can't make money unless we're going straight up. So two questions. The CME lawsuit, and do people realize they cannot beat Ken Griffin in his speed? No, they don't. And here's the other thing. They, they do that thing that investors do because, you know, there's two kinds of investors. Not everybody's a trader, right? There's guys who just say, I want to buy it, and it's going up, and I don't give a rip about who's front-running my orders, right? That's, there's a certain benefit to that. I mean, you remember, who's the guy with the turtle trading? I can't remember that name. Uh, Richard Dennis. Richard Dennis. Richard Dennis. He didn't give a rip who front runners. I mean, after all, he had the Callahan brothers filling his orders. You want to talk about crime and crimier? Those two guys, you don't think they were front running Richard Dennis? I mean, I saw, I knew the Callahan brothers. You think they were smart enough to drive around in a Mercedes? I don't think so. What they were able to do is front run Ken Gr- or, uh, uh, Richard Dennis, and he didn't care. He just wanted the position. Right? So if you're a fundamentalist, if you're an Arthur Kuttner or Jesse Livermore, you don't give a rip who front runs you. That's the bulk of investors. There are very few guys in the middle. What Ken Griffin and these other scoundrels have managed to do is front-run themselves because they're the retail business also, to a certain extent. They're wholesale and and retail. And they're just front-running massive orders. And all they're doing is taking milliseconds out. But you're talking milliseconds on what? 50,000 cars? It's big money, kid. And it's a great scam if you can get it, especially if you can get a town 
to give you the extra power needed, the extra electricity, the extra everything, okay, and to, to circumvent that. Then the next thing you know, you're given some dummy, some piece of dung named uh, Dick Irvin, 20 million so he could pretend to run for governor. The whole time you know the fix is in no matter which one of these scoundrels win. So what you should do, ride your stock, brother, because the, the vast majority of people, you're talking about point zero 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 one percent of the people even know what we're talking about right now, which reminds me, i got to get back to the regular people. Thank you, Tommy G. That's not capitalism, though. That is corporatism. Just like the Democrats don't have prosecutors, they have people running cover for predators, people running cover for clout. That's the only place where everybody knows that word, Chicago, clout. The rest of the country has no idea what that means. That means you've got enough political sway to get away with anything. That's what Republicans and Democrats seek in the sewer of Illinois. Joe and Dundee. Hey, hey Sean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shearson Loeb wrote uh, way back uh, in 81. And thank you for educating us. Uh, I had no idea that Griffin... Uh, Front-ran algorithms, first created algorithms, then front-runs algorithms and backs it up by raising money. And then how much of that money? Here's the other thing, Joe, you're never going to know. we got a bad connection. Here's the other thing you're never going to know. How much of that money is actually coming, being orchestrated by the Federal Reserve and the government? I mean, after all, do you think the market went up 80 points after being on its ass all day long because the earnings were good? It's because BlackRock wrote another buy order. They're funded by $11 trillion from the federal money. And you know who gave them that money, by the way, before you get too excited? Republicans. Republicans orchestrated that. That's why you have to learn who you're dealing with. WTTW has produced multiple investigations detailing a pattern of businesses getting lucrative contracts and incentives from Aurora and donating big to Irvin. And while these transactions might not be illegal, good government groups stress that it gives off the... They're not illegal. Why aren't they illegal? I mean, the SEC investigates, what, Elon Musk? Did they investigate this? Did they investigate Nancy Pelosi as she went to the oligarch conference in Ukraine? Oh, no, scrub it from YouTube. Scrub it. Because you know why? You're used to being willful slaves. After all, I'd like to know where Irving's going to be in the polls. From what I understand, when they bust their own voters in, they seem to win the ones. WTTW News has found that Aurora Mayor and Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin's ex-wife was hired by a company that's part of a project getting up to $15 million in Aurora. Boy, boy, that sounds like Anna Valencia, doesn't it? I mean, it's almost the same thing. It raises questions. It raises questions that warrant evaluation and inquiry. Former Chicago Inspector General Joe Ferguson weighing in tonight on the cloud, hanging over City Clerk Anna Valencia for emails suggesting she may have tried to open doors for business opportunities in New Orleans and elsewhere for Ignite Cities, a consulting firm where her husband Rayad Cosby is managing. All right, so here's the question, and then you call in and tell me. Which one do you want to steal from you and be your master? Which one will you be a better slave under? Irvin or Pritzker? You get to decide. Because no matter what, if these two scumbags are your options, you're the slave. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Barack Obama's song from Elvis. I love it. Can you imagine that luncheon? Scumbag Bill Clinton. And scumbag Joe Biden. I'll tell you, that Chelsea, 
She's like the puggle of women. That's what happens when two species who were never going to mate naturally were paid to mate. That's exactly what happens. You get Chelsea. She's going to save the Republican, I mean the Democrat Party. It's all the same, Republican or Democrat. Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. No, he didn't. Today's Republicans say, tear down this wall. Tear down Mickey Mouse's house. And pretty soon they'll be storming Cinderella's castle, you can be sure of it. Said the eight-year-old hair sniffer. It was good enough for CNN. The White House Correspondence Center spilling across the U.S. Capitol, spawning dozens of related events all weekend long. What's with the talk? What's with the lisp? Squirrel hands, you don't talk with a lisp. Do you like this? All right. I just want to make sure because I can't take the lisp. It's awful sensitive. I mean, this is what Brian Stelter doesn't understand. Remarkable normalcy. President Biden showing us he can deliver a good joke, ripping Fox's hypocrisy, mocking his own low polls, and showing that he does get let's go, Brandon. I thought Trevor knows best. Let's go, Brandon. See, your wife thinks she's married to a male. She's wrong. It's just different standards, Brian. So this might be okay for you, just like you might be okay for your wife, but it's not really good enough for America. Last night, I don't have the clip, but I'm going to read it. He said, ever since you came into office, President Biden, things are looking up. Gas is up. Rent is up. Food is up. You know, going after him on inflation, going after him on, frankly, stuff that Biden may have limited control over. And if you didn't have that CNN slash AT&T money, what would you be doing when prices went up? (laughs) Something tells me you'd be in stilettos on a corner. I'm impressed with Joe Biden, his response to the material, which you pointed out, Anna, that it was funny stuff. But when they were trashing him or Mm -hmm. roasting him, Mm -hmm. rather, he was laughing his head off, which shows you that he's mentally stable. He's mentally stable. You want to know what I like about these clips is... Guess which one the girl is. I'm impressed with Joe Biden, his response to the material, which you... Okay, now. The White House Correspondence Center spilling across the U.S. Capitol, spawning dozens of related events all weekend. I pick B. Which one do you pick? 312-642-5600. Maria, St. Cloud, Florida. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for taking my call. First of all, I want to say I love your show. Thank you so much for it. I listen to it every time I can. And second, I've been seeing online these uh, people are posting on their social media about all these U.S. food processing plants that are being destroyed in fires. Uh, What is your thought on that? Well, one of them had an airplane hit it, right? The one in Ohio, I think, had the airplane hit it. You got to remember the food processing plants have a lot of flammable stuff. But that being said, Marina, do you remember how many forest fires in California were tracked back to the sociology professor who was setting them, right. hoping that global warming would be blamed? You know, they didn't talk about it on the news. You had to find it on news in California. That was uh, about a year and a half ago. And we have a woman who's in charge of BLM, not the radical Marxist foot soldiers, but Bureau of Land Management. And she worked for an eco-terrorist group that used to spike trees. And that's what the Democrats now have as the head of Bureau of Land Management right now. So do you want to know what I think, Maria? I think the mafia in this country that's occupied by ideologue Marxists is capable of all kinds of evils. I mean, after all, their main platform is to kill babies. You think it would be past them to burn food processing plants? I don't think so. So I I don't think the jury's Mm -hmm. in yet, but I know where I think. And I think anybody named Maria who calls me from St. Cloud, Florida, is my favorite person of the day. Thank you, Maria. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Anytime. And the reality is, it's an interesting plight we have in this country, right? After all, the altruistic Marxist is the good guy today. Is the good guy today. And anybody who speaks against him is a Russian, what is it, collaborator, 
a Russian asset. I find this funny coming from the son of Marcus Raskin. Marcus Raskin was a guy who worked briefly, briefly, in the Kennedy administration. Marcus Raskin is the founder of the Institute for Policy Studies, a admitted Marxist. So what we have are their descendants now, just like uh, the vice president. Oh, you don't think that Camel Joe got there? I mean, we know how she got there, poor thing, Willie Brown. Don't ever ask why they call him Sweet Willie Brown. She is the daughter of a Marxist professor at U.S. Berkeley, USC Berkeley, excuse me. Raskin is the son of Marcus Raskin, a very well-connected Moscow Marxist, just like Bernie Sanders. Well, he's here to tell you he's the good guy. And if you speak against his policies and the policies of the mafia, you're obviously a Russian asset. From Maryland is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I think that all of these efforts to distract us from the issue at hand are meant to cover up the very clear pro-Russian and pro-Putin faction at the heart of their side of the aisle. That's how a pansy says Republicans. The irony is, he's the descendant of a Soviet. He's the descendant, just like Kamala Harris is the descendant of an ideological Marxist. Just like so many of these other eco-terrorists, communists, socialists, Marxists, the ones who are now in control of the government. The only government in American history, America, where it's justified, it's absolutely justified to have a ministry of truth, a propaganda czar. How else could you explain it? This report in the New York Times, it says that the president's pollster is sounding the, has sounded the alarm about inflation and immigration becoming political liabilities, um, coupled with this new polling that is out today that shows that voters uh, trust Republicans more, believe they're more better, that they are better suited to handle both of these issues. So That's my bad. I hit the wrong one. Does he want the people on this board to start censoring information that is not helpful to him? Well, let me be clear on exactly what this board does or what the work they are doing does. And in their announcement, which is publicly available on the Department of Homeland Security website for anyone to read, it says, quote, the primary mission is to establish best practices to ensure that efforts to understand and respond to disinformation are done in ways that protect privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. And the Yeah, that's what the fascist does, the Marxist. The one who forces you to do everything from put a chemical in your body to extort your money in the name of somebody else's kid that doesn't want to pay for their fracking college. They're looking out for you. Their entire platform is misinformation. The idea that these Democrat roaches aren't investigated from their cabinet members all the way down to their little staffers, all the way to the idea that your parent, as an ideological Soviet, doesn't disqualify you from holding these very important jobs, like Raskin. Good thing his wife, communist scum that she was, isn't on the Federal Reserve. I don't know how we dodged that bullet. David Lansing. Hey, Sean, uh, I caught a clip you were playing um, about Biden saying, Pretty soon, or pretty soon, they're going to want to storm Cinderella's castle or something like that. Yeah. Well, we know. I think that these speeches all written for him. I think that's a reference to storming the Capitol. And number two, it's also like a inadvertent reference to their royalty. So we had the Clinton dynasty, we had the Bush dynasty, now we have the Biden dynasty. They're royalty. We can't storm the castle. Well, what we have, David, is a bipartisan mafia. 
And the people you named are in on both of it. Stephen, I'm going to get to you. I went long. Do I have time for Stephen? I don't want to short him. You know what, Stephen? I'm going to get to you first in Arlington Heights. Uh, Albert, you're next. Phyllis, you're after that. 312-642-5600 when I get back. AM560, The Answer. Nice, little Harlem Globetrotter. I went to see them in the 70s. Curly, oh, that was the time. Listen, Squirrel Hands, before I forget, I'm going to take Steven. I'm going to take Mario Marino. Marino. Um, that'll be after, though. Remind me about this Rosa DeLauro. Did you ever see this congresswoman from Connecticut? She looks like if uh, Basil Rathbone and that preacher from Poltergeist and Danny DeVito had like an unholy forest preserve baby, she'd be the baby. Steven, Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to thank you for shining some light on the food processing plant situations. You and Tucker Carlson are the only people that I have heard mention it. And I'd like to piggyback off the previous caller who brought it up. My theory, and I'd like to hear yours as well, is that it is potentially, quote unquote, an attempt to short the supply, to drive up prices, obviously, and who's going to report it or do an investigation, the people who are in on the scam. So I don't think you're going to hear too much about it. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Here And here, how about how many of those plants have taken loans, PPPP, <laughs> didn't read the term, right? And now you're, you, here's, the, here's the place, Stephen. This is what the, the Marxist has, has decided to do, is to infiltrate, to backdoor nationalize key industries. They're working very hard on energy. They've, they've practically got it. Now they're going to go Good and load. they have been going after food for decades. The whole time we have, we don't even know the number of politicians that have received both directly and indirectly money from the Chinese Communist Party, along with money from the Ukraine oligarch-run former Soviet Union countries, if you want to call them that. I don't even like calling them that. They're, they're oligarch-run countries that torture and kill their people, just like Ukraine was doing long before Putin brought a tank to the border. But my right. point is, it's, it's a game that we're losing, because after all, you know who helped them backdoor nationalize the economy and the market? was George W. Bush. He's the one that did it. So it's a bipartisan assault on the principles of American business, of American production, and the, of the American future. And now you tell me, Stephen, how many of these major companies, I'd like to know this, how many of the publicly traded companies did not take money from the government when they shut it down? Right. You can't and even get I'd the like, answer. It's staggering. Yeah. I'd like so. to add in one more thing really quick, Sean, you know, regarding student loans. I think it'd be very interesting to have all the Congress uh, birthing people, if you will, disclose whether or not they have federal student loans, you know, AOC and the rest oh, of the house. They so. already said they did. They want their loans. They're, they make $175,000, and these deadbeat rat bastards don't want to pay their loan. Yep. That's why the they have a long future in the welfare roach states they come from. Unfortunately, like the ones you and I come from. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call, Stephen, <laughs> very much. And we asked uh, uh, Jen Pistecki, where is the one now? Where is the one about the uh, student loans? Let's ask this one. On inflation, um, has the White House analyzed at all how much uh, sorry, student loan forgiveness would impact inflation? Uh, I, I know there's been outside an analysis of that, but I don't have any internal analysis at this point. You don't have any. You haven't paid for the right answer analysis none of your damn nonsense has analysis look at the damn country we're bankrupt 30 trillion dollars you're writing checks to oligarchs you corrupt bastard and by the way your hair isn't red i don't believe you marino hello mc marino hello 
How you doing? Okay, it's a lot of patronizing. There ain't enough uh, Republican judges at these uh at these uh, voting areas in, in Northwest Indiana. I I I don't know if you're going to have to worry about the patronage from the Republican side as much as the patronage from the Democrat side. But I don't like patronage on any side. What I do like are judges. I do like judges. I do want to make sure that people that vote, you know, Marino, are guys who lived in this country, who worked in this country, tried to get ahead like you and me. I don't care who you vote for, but I do want our vote, our, our elections legitimized. And I also want you to tune in. We got a big announcement. Thank you for the lead in for uh, 2000 mules beyond the shadow of a doubt. It's the only thing that will make me feel good about this country is to realize beyond the shadow of a doubt there isn't 81 million morons in it. There's just fraud by the Democrat mafia, as usual. Eric Rolling Meadows. Hey, Sean, love your show, buddy. Just, you know, what else do they want to control? They want to control education, health care, energy, food, and the airwaves, right? They want it all. And your movement. And your movement. The idea that this country sat idly by why these political whores told you you couldn't leave your house, you couldn't open your business, you couldn't go see your mother preposterous and that's how you know the deal is off it's no longer america it's the ussa and i'm gonna fight it tooth and nail these rotten soviet bastards and i don't care if you're a congressman a lobbyist or the president you're a scumbag and i got your number 312-642-5600 from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the merc he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned and now With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Ah, perhaps I'm wrong. These Democrats aren't all that crooked. Aren't all that rat corrupt? No. After all, Illinois is now number one. Number one in what? Government units. What the hell is that? Justin Carlson from the Illinois Policy Institute can make us understand. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? Good. When I see Illinois is number one, I thought they were talking about crime and corruption. But then they said government units. I said, oh, let me find out what this is. So get somebody from the Illinois Policy Institute on to discuss what exactly is a government unit. So government units are all the local governments that exist that uh, taxpayers fund. So uh, anything like municipalities, which are towns, villages, and cities, uh, to other things like uh, libraries, uh, library districts, uh, mosquito abatement districts, my favorite, tuberculosis sanitation districts. All these different layers of government that uh, taxpayers have to finance and fund, uh, from counties all the way down to these, some of these special districts like uh, mosquito abatement districts and museum in, districts. In fact, I learned from your article, there's 6,032 local governments. 6,032. Yes. And every one of these people that happen to be affiliated through employment and other such nonsense all get to receive those mystical, magical unicorns and rainbow pensions, don't they? Yes, absolutely. I mean, none of these uh, entities operate for free or without employees, right? So uh, all of these people are, are public employees uh, running these things. And, uh, yes, Illinois has over 6,000 of these local units of government. That's excluding 
the 859 school districts in Illinois. Uh, we exclude that from our total uh, because we make a distinction between uh, government consolidation and school district consolidation in some of the work that we do. Uh, but even more disturbing, I think, is the Civic Federation actually ran a good audit of governments uh, in uh, Illinois just a year ago and found that there's actually closer to 9,000 units of government across the state. 9,000 units of government, and that's probably when you include the school districts. And I can't help but think, you know, I like to think like a old-time mafia. It turns out that all of those scoundrels are union members, all part of the organized labor extortion mafia, as I like to call them. And they're all paying dues, and they all have those sweetheart deals, and it's all funded by what? I know the answer, but I like when someone else talks. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all funded by property taxes, right? I mean, a lot of this, uh, these local governments are, are funded through your property taxes, which are sky high throughout the state of Illinois, as I'm sure your listeners are well aware. Uh, and this just led to a huge problem. All these layers of government have to be funded somehow, and the primary way they're funded is by jacking up property tax rates. Do you know why I stopped selling real estate in Illinois? You probably don't, because we don't know this is the first time we talked, I believe. I stopped because I believe to sell somebody a obligation, a right to pay off for the political corruption that is Illinois is immoral. And that no matter what happens to the so-called value equity in that house, it never, ever is reflected in the corruption fee, which is called property tax. And I came down to Florida eight years ago. And one of my first deals was a big number house, a house I couldn't afford. In fact, the value of the house was literally three and a half times what my house was valued at back in Elmwood Park, my first deal. I looked at the property taxes, and it was about 60% of what I pay in Elmwood Park after arguing about the taxes and filing for the appeals. How many citizens are aware that not every state robs its honest citizens the way illinois does you know it's something that uh, we take very seriously with Illinois policy and that's what a lot of our research is dedicated to and we rely on uh, our listeners uh, your your listeners and your shows and programs like it to uh, disseminate this information and make people just aware of what's going on with these property taxes and how bad the situation is in illinois uh, property taxes have been a huge problem for a long time uh, as you said, really crushing homeowners, uh, you know, and it, the problem isn't getting any better because these property taxes are being used to fund pension debt. And the pension debt situation just continues to get worse and worse. And uh, some of these communities, you know, outside of the 140 plus billion dollar debt that the state has that everybody knows about or the uh, more than 40, I believe it's more than 45 or 46 billion dollars in debt that the city of Chicago has which is more than like 45 states have uh, outside of that. There's other towns across Illinois that have severe debt problems as well, pension problems as well. I think Carbondale, nearly 300% of the property taxes they collect in Carbondale is what it would have to go to pay the, just their pension obligations. So, I mean, you're talking uh, has about anybody a really done a correlation between problem. Has anybody ever done a correlation between the average weight of the workers and the taxes? I think... It'll be astonishing if you guys, I know you got a lot of time on your hands. Another thing I learned from your article 
is Illinois big. I mean, it's not super small. It's not the smallest state, not by a long shot, but it's clearly not the biggest. Turns out the biggest state is California. Or no, it's Texas, right? Texas is the biggest state in the country, right? By land. And I remember reading that you could take everyone on the earth and put them in Texas, and you would have the same density as New York City. And I think that still holds true. After all, we've only managed to kill people rather than bring them here, unless, of course, they're from other countries. But that being said, Texas has, what, how much less workers than Illinois? Yeah, I'm not sure how many fewer workers, but they have, we have 6,000 governments. They only have 4,200 or so. So they have, they have 2,000 less units of government than Illinois does, and they are conservatively four times larger? Uh, about two times, I, I believe. Okay. Uh, and, California, I know, is uh, three times larger than Illinois, and they they still have twenty six hundred fewer governments than Illinois. Nearly half, nearly half. So, what is the excuse for this? And does it ever come up in elections? I mean, I know that you know what we what we witness is there's so many similarities between the Illinois Republican and Illinois Democrat. In fact, the only thing that I can see is that it looks like the Illinois lawyers that are the Republicans uh, seem to have a better cut of suit than the Illinois scourge Democrats. Um, does anybody talk about this during election season? Well, certainly it has been an issue. Uh, we've, we brought it up with some of our partners uh, in, in the legislature and some of the lawmakers that have proposed this uh, Citizens Empowerment Act, is what we like to call it, uh, would allow uh, for citizens to initiate the process uh, for dissolve, dissolving some of these excessive units of government by getting a ballot uh, initiative approved and placed on the ballot and have a you know a majority of the people in each uh, t- municipality or township or county or government unit, if you will, uh, approve of the consolidation. And this would you know basically streamline the process because a huge problem for consolidation of these government units is actually the statutory requirements for dissolving these units there there are 40 pages of statutory uh requirements how when where why if some of these units can actually be dissolved i mean it's astonishing to me but the reality is i think that the organized labor mafia called unions isn't going to let you do that i think they're going to put up a fight and after all they've bought some loyal constituents in fact even former rats proven rats and Long-time scumbags, and the reason that uh, massage parlors are really raking in the money, Alderman Danny Solis, no matter how much he, you caught him with, he still gets to keep his mystical, magical pension. Is that not true? That is true. Uh, because of the plea deal that he signed with uh, federal investigators, he's uh, supposedly going to be able to keep his pension because of the way that uh, the pension rules work in the state and, and the language of, that protect uh, pension abuse. Uh, you know, uh, he'll be able to keep his pension because of the specific details of, of his case. I mean, they've really outwitted us. Even if this roach were to do the honorable thing and jump off of one of these high-rise buildings, his wife would get the pension. Is there any way to even reform this kind of thing? Say maybe we could put a law in that if you've actually been convicted of political crime, you forfeit your multi-million dollar valued pension. Do you think is is any Republican floating that? Do you know if the fraud Ken Griffin's hand puppet is floating that as part of his campaign? I, I am not aware of any of those proposals. Um, <laughs> that you know a big reason why 
we're so passionate about the pension issues. We want constitutional pension reform. We want an amendment on the ballot. Let the people vote on constitutional pension reform to enable the reforms to the system to get it off the path of insolvency and get it back onto a sustainable course that helps both public workers and secure their retirement and protect it from insolvency uh, down the road and helps taxpayers and lowers these property tax burden and up burdens and other tax burdens. Uh, so that's why we, we really want uh, the lawmakers in the General Assembly to push for and allow for a constitutional amendment uh, on the ballot for pension reform. Uh, they seem to be able to put other amendments on there that they want, like the progressive tax uh, thing from a couple of years ago. They had no problem putting that on the ballot and letting people vote on that. But uh, we want them to uh, let the people vote on pension reform. Now, I cannot tell you how much I love the Illinois Policy Institute. It's true. I've, I've, for years, you have been putting up a fight. You have wonderful people, a wonderful CEO, president, and you have some essential articles. Now, I'm going to ask you about an article you didn't write, but I know you're probably aware of. I'm taking a gamble. I remember when um, they would put the sticker on the pumps after Joe Biden successfully usurped the office, said, I did that, and he'd point at the gas prices. Then I remember hearing that gas stations would be fined specifically in these Democrat strongholds, if they were caught with that sticker on the on the pump. It turns out, I learned from the Illinois Policy Institute, that Governor J.B. Pritzker is making filling station advertise his temporary gas tax suspension or pay $500 a day in fines. How is this, um, how is this even allowed? Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Uh, $500 a day is the, is the fine uh, for not putting this on there. Uh, this has been uh, challenged uh, in in the courts, and you know, I, I don't know any of the specifics of the details about that, but uh, certainly uh, would seem that uh, forcing owners of gas stations to put on uh, what amounts to political propaganda is probably not something that the state should be doing. And it turns out what he's really advertising is not really a tax cut. It's the avoidance of having him put on another punitive increase. Is that true? Yeah. So can I do the advertising? Because I'd like to say, fat pig decides not to beat you twice. What do you think? Would that be, you think I'd, I'd be all right if I owned a gas station? I might buy a gas station just to put that on there. What do you think about that? Well, well if you owned it, uh, you know what? I, I would have no reason to think that you couldn't do whatever you wanted with the gas pumps. Oh, Justin, you're smarter than that. You've been watching as the last two years we've become a Soviet society. Justin Carlson, I want to thank you for coming on. And I want you to go back to the Illinois Policy Institute and you tell those nerds with their elbow patches, that I love them. And keep up the good work. Will you do that for me? I will do that, sir. Thank you. Justin Carlson, Illinois Policy Institute. I recommend everybody read it so you know just what the hell is going on. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls after this. AM 560, The Answer. Not a principle. Not a principle of Americanism do these rat bastards have. Not one Principle. It's the first round of, of questions here, and it appears that we have uh, some time and that we can allow for three, a uh, three-minute round of, of questions. So, um, I think the reason I'm so astonished by this, this is a, 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 an admitted Marxist. She was elected as a Marxist. She's a freak of nature with her hair dyed purple. That, that teach their own. Walk around like an idiot. I'm fine with it. But the idea you're in my government 
you're destroying the principles of my country. It, it really, for the, the quality of the, the discussion, et cetera, is really, um, it's rich. And it's so, so critically important. I would just say to, to Mr. Pocan, I love the idea of a hearing with regard to teacher shortage, and we're going to take you up on that and pursue it. So thank you. I think it's a very, Teachers, very big issue. Money, uh, Mr. Secretary, unions, I, I'd like to um, one say thanks uh, with regard to the great work of you and your staff on borrower defense. Oh. More than 100,000 defrauded borrowers have received loan discharges under the borrower defense repayment provision. So if you took money for school, you contact the government and say, they robbed me. Oh, did you go to the school? Yeah, but I didn't get good, good grades. Oh, you didn't get good grades? Well, then we're going to have borrower defense instead of what it used to be. You're a flunky. That's what you are. And that's how they hide all of this gravy train. You're either a deadbeat or a flunky, and you go for nothing. I thought there were enough people that paid their own way that wouldn't tolerate this. Instead, everyone's afraid to get the attention. And I think, you know, you could, to a certain extent, explain why. After all, listen to the certainty in which they promote their fascism. This is from Sunday. This is David Zurovic. They all sound like old Soviets, don't they? This is on CNN. There's a bigger problem here about how we are going to control the channels of communication mm -hmm. in this country. In 1927, we had the Radio Act. 1934, the Communications Act. Congress stepped in. We made rules. And did you know how LBJ, the most racist, greatest thing to ever happen to minorities, scumbag of all scumbags, you know how he made his money, Squirrel Hands? I bet you don't. Turns out he used all of these regulations, all of these companies to buy radio stations and TV stations in his ladybird's name. That's how he stole his money. So I love how they pretend this was a good thing for America. This is how they consolidated all of the media outlets into only government, corrupt government hands by using these agencies as weapons against freedom, against business, against entrepreneurs. FCC wasn't great, but it's still regulating the broadcast industry. You can't use vulgar language. You can't do all these things. And they just put Gigi Sohn, who very similar looks like Rosa Delora. They all look like freaks. They all look like transgendering Dustin Hoffman's. And in the meantime, her Marxist ass is in charge of what goes over the air airwaves. How long do you think I got? Things with speech. We gave over our uh, what amounts to our airwaves or our Internet waves to Internet Mark Zuckerberg. Waves. And Elon Musk. And we are in so much trouble because those guys believe in making money. We've already seen that with the 2016 election. As opposed to the government? Does the government believe in making money or just taking it? Just extorting it? And just controlling the ways in which the citizens can make money? You see, I think you're focused on the wrong gangster. But you're a Soviet. You're too stupid to know. You're cheering for your own demise. And you hope this little speech buys you favor by the Gestapo's. Zuckerberg, when he was taking rubles for ads from Russia and say, oh, I think it's crazy to think they had any influence. Well, I wonder if they took the Caracas Venezuelan toilet paper they call currency. I wonder if they took the British pound or the euro. So that's the, that's your damning evidence. I've got a much better case against Ken Griffin and Irvin, you Soviet scum. Michael, Southside. Hi, Sean. Thank you Hi. for taking my call. I have a terrific uh, Illinois Policy Institute story for you. Mm -hmm. So last night, last night I was listening to last night I was listening to another radio station that shall go nameless, and Illinois State Representative Greg Harris appeared on the show. He claimed that Illinois was running a surplus. 
So I called the show and I said, the Illinois Policy Institute says that Illinois has a deficit. Who's right? And Harris claimed that, uh, again, stated that uh, the state had a surplus, and he pointed out uh, it was evidenced by the fact that the credit rating agencies had up, had given upgrades to Illinois. So he's an idiot, and, and he's the same one who okayed that the money bundlers that donate to the Democrats should be able to charge a taxing body four times the, the rate because they can somehow arbitrarily downgrade the credit in a state that has the power of taxation. It's a, it's a fraud on, perpetrated on failures, paid-to-be failures. They're called Democrats. That's number one. And number two, when you call these stations, I want you to explain when they say surplus, just ask a simple question. Is that because you're mixing in? the COVID welfare money into the general fund. That's all you need to know because they can't put lipstick on that pig, not even if they have a real good one like Pippi Liestocking. Michael, I love the call, but I'm up against the clock. I'll be back with the rest of you after this. AM 560, the answer. I always like to be corrected, especially when I should have known the answer. Jim Campton Hills. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Thanks for that LA Policy Institute information. It's fascinating. But geography is not your strong point, nor that uh, person's strong point. Alaska, my friend. Alaska is the largest state in the union. And you know that. You know, Jim, I played right? it. I did know that. I played it last week how Alaska is suing the navigable, for navigable waters, the Obama administration, <laughs> which is really the Biden administration, how they're suing them. And, you know, that was obviously a big part of it. But, you know, every once in a while, I got a lot going on in this head. I got three voices and a lot of information, Jim. Thank you for catching me. And I, the I second largest <laughs> is Texas. Yes. Yes, you're right. But I, I live out Campton Hills now. I used to be Jim from Elgin. And I had a strange thing happen to me this morning. I was walking my dog, and this limousine's going north down my street. It's a dead-end street, cul-de-sac, a little more expensive. Oh, it's cul-de-sac. And, uh, the window rolls down, black tinted window ever so slowly, my dog's barking, and it's the governor. It's Pritzker himself. He sticks his head out the window. He says, hey, can you tell me how to get to 355? And being a gentleman and a Republican and a conservative, I said, yeah, lose 100 pounds. Uh, look at you. That was great, Jim. Well worth it. That was a great one. That's the joke of the week. Jim from Campton Hills. Kevin, Austin, Texas, second largest state I don't in the know country. how to fuck. I don't know how to follow the joke like that. That was awesome. It was great. Uh, I, was like, I was like, really? Yeah. It was good. Good, good. <laughs> felt like I love the, uh, the... Felt like Honey Bunny. <laughs> Kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So your, your guess about Illinois Policy Institute, I loved it. Uh, it reminded me that there's a concept called concentrated benefits and diffused costs. So I'll give you an example. Triton College. It seems like on the tax bill, Triton College doesn't ask a lot for property taxes, but how many people get get paid off by that stuff. The contractors who build stuff, all that type of save. That's the that's the concentrated benefit. The diffused cost is a small amount. But you've got so many levels of state government. There was a, uh, a paper put out back in 1993 called The Crazy Quilt of Government. And it's all the different labors. They used to have a uh, tuberculosis uh, center in Forest Park. And it seemed like every three years, that thing would be uh, refurbished and redone. Oh, sure. They, yeah, they, you, they finally got rid it, of the you know, tuberculosis. There's been eight, nine people in there in a year. you got to get that thing redone. Yeah, right. I mean, how long has tuberculosis been, been uh, kind of, you know, not a big deal? Anyhow, It's coming back thanks to uh, the southern border, and you know that. But here's the thing. Right. That, is, the, that well, is why I always say the only thing this country has is systemic corruption. Because you're exactly right. correct. And, one of the, and, I'm, and I'm glad you're open to corruption. So when you're down in Mar-a-Lago, 
I hope you go up to talk to Mike Lindell and Steve Cortez and ask them what they think about the precinct strategy. And also go up and talk to Rick Rennell and ask him about his long-term plan to I'm fix California. to Donnie and Melania. Because it's, I think I'm going to talk to take a long I could talk to Steve to Cortez. You want to call it. him right now? We'll call him right now. We'll get him on the phone. You think I'm going to waste time at I Mar-a-Lago? I would love to do that. Come on. I would I love to do I that. To talk to Donnie about the precinct strategy. It's yeah. the way that we can change the Democratic Party over the long term. I'm hoping to see DeSantis there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But more important, you know what I'm really looking forward to, Kevin? Bring a bunch of cigars to pass around. Yeah, I'm not big on giving stuff away. I'm looking forward to seeing beyond the shadow of a doubt what I already knew, what so many Americans already know, and that answer that that nagging anger we all walk around with. This is an illegitimate moron. You knew it in the wards. If if you work in one precinct in a ward in uh, in a campaign, you see five or six people that don't even live there, and that's one precinct in one ward. Put the math into that. How many precincts in that? That's, I mean, how many thousands and thousands of votes are from people who don't even live in the city of Chicago? Kevin, let me ask you a question and then not let you answer. Which one is your favorite okay. clip where Biden admits that he paid a billion dollars of American money to support his oligarch and protect his oligarch corruption in Ukraine? Or the one where he admits that they already had been working on voter fraud? I'm going to let you answer quietly. Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together... And you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Agreed. And then this one's awful bad, too. You convincing that, that we should be providing for bit. loan guarantees. And I went over, yeah. I guess, the... 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. By the way, at that time, that's when they were bombing uh, Donetsk or whatever the hell it's called, where the Soviets, the Russian-speaking Ukrainians live. This is during the Civil War. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would Don't take forget action. Yatsenyuk. What, you can never forget Yatsenyuk. He's as corrupt to his eyeballs, almost like Hunter. Action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "Nah." I said, "I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours." If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place. No, you can let that go. He's the president now. You can let him say son of a bitch. Someone who was solid at the time. Well, there's still, they, so they made some genuine, s- substantial changes institutionally and with people. That's bribery and corruption 101. See you in Ukraine soon. And now, billions upon billions. And you got to buy their propaganda. And if you call it out, the propaganda czar will redact you. They'll blacklist you. Communist bastards. Mary Helmhurst. No, I've phoned in on this um, issue before on pensions. It, every time you mention that word, it just makes my blood boil. Yeah. I wouldn't mind the pension wait. system, Mary. I wouldn't mind one. <laughs> just like you. If you had a pension system, okay, I'm in. Like the rest no, of I'd us. be happy, and I'm not. I'm not happy. I'm bitter and angry. I mean, I mean, I'm still waiting until 67 to get my lousy 1500 a month, 
and I'm paying for a fireman that retired 40 years ago and is pulling in 60000 a year. And, yeah, and, but the good the news teachers, is if you, if you have a problem back at the house, you could call one of those firemen because odds are they're carpenters, electricians, and plumbers that they all have their other businesses. In. And that's <laughs> wonderful news. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't begrudge them. I have family members that are firemen. I have guys I love that are firemen, but they're real firemen. I talked to one yesterday. Worked his ass off as a fireman and worked his ass off on the regular I'm not business. No, no, no. But here's the thing, work. Mary. They they get to hide behind the guys that are firemen. I'm more concerned with those pension incubators, those big orange ones, where they get 16 guys to cut the corner on 83 in St. Charles, because the whole damn right. thing's a scam. You've got twice as many employees in the government so in Illinois than you, you have in California. That, We've that? known it's a problem for for how many years now? Why isn't it ending? Because they got the union organized crime mafia that gets the foot soldiers out. They get their cousin with the cork on his fork who wants to sit in the pension incubator. They all vote Democrat, regardless of how many mafia guys are running. That's how you lose the country. It's over with. Thank you very much, Mary. And if you think I'm wrong... Do you pay your taxes? Guess what? How does it feel working for me because I live on How's it feel working for me because I live on aid? And then he does the creepy laugh because they're all creeps. I say we separate. Everybody who wants to be a Democrat, you go with your places and your politicians and you pay those taxes. Let the Republicans have their own plan. You go ahead. We'll take the Republicans out of the military. It'll be the Republican military. The Democrats will be the Democrats. We could separate. After all, you've got those utopias you've built, those Democrat sewers slash states. You could live there, you rat bastards. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. I don't care, squirrel. It's expensive to have character. It's expensive. Any political whore can get in on the scam. Not me. I'd rather be broke with a clean conscience. I love it that way. There's not a number. Not a number. Tom, Blue Island. Hey, Sean. I've... From the get-go, this Irvin guy, I had an issue with this Griffin. I, I don't know not anything about Griffin. I know you, you are almost said a I don't uh, know nothing. guy. You Chicago, Blue Island guy. You almost said I don't right. know nothing. Uh, it's a city guy in me. My, quest, my question for you is, do you think – my instinct has told me that somehow there's some kind of nexus between Griffin and Pritzker to get this Irvin in there so someone like Ray Vine – or, uh, you know, Darren Bailey doesn't actually have a legitimate chance. And then, you know, you revealed what you did or said earlier, and I just wonder if you still think it's possible that somehow they're in cahoots somehow just to make sure that fat ass stays in there. Well, there's a lot of, I mean, the corruption is systemic. That being said, does Pritzker need to be the governor? He's already, I mean, you do remember his handsome sister that could be his brother, Penny. They've already established who knows what in government. They were buying homes on the dead-ass low. They were buying complexes that were condos, reconverting them into apartments, Section 8 housing them through the state, through the country. Do they need this position? I think this is just infighting between oligarchs. Similarities between the foreign oligarchs and the American, I mean, you're talking about an accent. And it seems to me that the foreign oligarchs are a lot more heterosexual than the American ones. It just seems, you know, you know that uh, Putin... Is prancing around on some 200-foot yacht with a mini giraffe and a couple of strippers going around. Not to mention Ihor Kolomoisky, the one who pretends to be Ukraine and the Ukrainian government. A lot of rich oligarchs there. They all seem to like women. I'm not too sure about the Pritzkers, though. Chris, Blue Island. 
So, Tom, it was the Brickster joke that got me to call. But anyway, it reminds me of a call that I wanted to place a long time ago. I hung up on you, sorry. It was about uh, conspiracy theories with McCarthy. Remember how wrong McCarthy was judged for being? But he was right all along. All along, he was right. Yeah, he was right, and he was slammed. You know why he was uh, slammed, right? He was slammed because two things. He was drunk, and he was a homosexual, but he was a Republican homosexual. And that's why they... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But he was the only one pointing out all the employees. They were, yeah. they were, they were, they were communists. But anyway, what about Lyndon Johnson? That's just the best, too, right? Like, he's the best president, huh? Not, not in my book. Who, uh, not in my book. Lyndon Kennedy? Johnson was a very well-known racist, very well-known yeah, scumbag, yeah. who used his political corruption to become worth millions at that time, not to mention what he did in Vietnam and the corruption with, between him and Huey. Yeah, and then buy all the air, airwaves too, right? Exactly. He had all the he had all the radio stations and TV stations in Texas, and he used the arm of the government to break up the 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 private ownership so he could run the propaganda. And, and guess what, Chris? It worked famously. After all, how else would Brian Stelter yeah. get on? I appreciate the call, but I'm hey. up against. The, go ahead. What do you got? Uh, what are, the election here? You guys are talking about Prickster. What about this Jonathan Jackson taking over uh, Bobby Rush's spot? Is that actually Jackson? Uh, is that the same family? I don't know, but it, would, would it surprise you? I'll find out for you. No. I'll come back with you. I'll find, to me, the names are all fungible. They're all part of the mafia. They're Democrats. That's what they are. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. The main pillar of corruption... Democrat mafia is the policy over our economy that they will utilize and they will create this malaise of feudalism. Some call it what? Stagflation, recession, inflation. It's feudalism. It's feudalnomics. That's what happens when you put the corrupt Democrat mafia in charge. And it's within those feudalnomics that they take advantage of their own failure because they've bastardized monetary policy. Most corrupt entity in the world, aside from the Democrat mafia, in my opinion, is the Federal Reserve. I wanted to bring on E.J. Anthony, or Antony, uh, as he likes to be called correctly, from the Heritage Foundation to discuss. After all, he is the fellow for regional economics at the Center of Data Analysts at the Heritage Foundation. He's been Really, his writings have been in the Washington Times, the Center Square, the Washington Examiner, Breitbart, the Federalist. The list goes on. Most of all, his favorite is to come on my show. EJ, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Sean, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back on. I, 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 was, I enjoyed our conversation immensely because the reality is we have to discuss it, even though there is a ministry of propaganda and their new czar that will call what we say misinformation because they like the game rigged. They like the monopoly they have over it because they seem to be benefiting from it, even as we are wallowing in the quicksand of socialism. It seems to be their excuse to promote more socialism. 
Absolutely. And I think you really hit the nail on the head again with the Federal Reserve being such a major culprit here, because the Federal Reserve is the mechanism by which they can spend all kinds of money on us and essentially bribe the voters with all kinds of goodies and not raise taxes explicitly. They're doing it implicitly instead through inflation. Inflation is a mechanism that robs you of your purchasing power and so transfers the value, even if it doesn't transfer physical dollars, it transfers the value of those dollars from you to the government. And then that is how they buy votes, and around and around the wheel goes. E.J., I remember when, the, uh, when W. Bush was in office, and I first started to hear this um, plan, bipartisan plan, to inflate their way out of the debt problem. I think this is truly an atrocity as it destroys the quality of life in this country. They are willing to sacrifice the so-called middle class. I hate even using that term, but the, the earners in the society because they've really established a way to protect their oligarchy. This seems to be what we're living through right now. Do you think I'm reaching? No, not at all. In, in fact, if you actually go back and look at history, as countries started to move away from uh, essentially a land of, of serfdom, as you started moving away from feudalism, governments were basically robbed of their ability to treat people more or less like slaves. And central banks have actually reintroduced that. That's not an exaggeration. That's not a conspiracy. That is literally just what the numbers tell us. When you get 2% of your wealth robbed from you every year and transferred to the government, what is that but a new kind of serfdom? And that is what has been happening literally for decades in this country. That is when inflation is tame, not when inflation is out of control. The, the 2% goal of the Federal Reserve is tame inflation. What we're going through now is, is above and beyond. But it was, it was in the late, uh, late 17th century that the Bank of England, the first central bank, came into being. And ever since then, central banks have been infecting country after country. And again, it is simply a way for the government to take from you without doing so explicitly. And the only real alternative the ordinary man has is to seek a different form of currency. This has been my, my, um, my definition of why I support Bitcoin and the other cyber currencies. And the reality is we've watched as so many foreign currencies were combined into the euro. And when I started to hear countries talk about rejecting the corruption in the American dollar by rejecting it, it's always within months we have a conflict or one of our proxy countries have a, have a conflict with those countries. I believe this is exactly what we're seeing in Ukraine. I believe it's what we're seeing in Asia. I believe this is what we're seeing in all of the other countries that have uttered the, the, the idea of rejecting the petrodollar for their baseline currency. Do you think um, that this is something people are aware of or need to be aware of? I think it's something that people need to be more educated on. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a very scary place when it comes to the petrodollar because we've seen this administration try to wield the dollar as a weapon, try to prevent, for example, any exchanges with the Russian government or various Russian entities. And they have also blocked dollars that are in this country that are held in reserves by the Russian central bank. 
And so what that essentially does is it prevents the Russian central bank from getting access to its own money that just happened to be denominated in dollars. This is not our money. This is literally the money of the Russian people. Okay, like like Putin or hate him, this is not our money, and we have essentially put it in jail so that they can't get to it. What is the ultimate effect of that? What happens in central banking today is that all of these dollars are actually used as a reserve to pyramid loans. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to hold a dollar in reserve, and then I'm going to actually loan out 90 cents of that dollar and only keep 10 cents behind. So what essentially happens is I can multiply money, believe it or not, if anyone has seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life in the Bank Run scene, everyone understands this, but neither here nor there. What has essentially happened is we have taken all these reserves out of the system and we've caused a huge credit crunch in Russia. Okay, that's great from the standpoint of we're putting the screws to Putin, okay? But the problem is we are causing a loss of faith in the dollar on the national stage. Again, this was not our money. These were dollars owned by the Russian central bank, effectively by the Russian people. And as soon as you start using your your currency, not as a currency, but as a weapon of war, it loses that store of value and it becomes much less attractive. And sure enough, to your point, we are seeing plenty of countries around the world considering alternatives like Bitcoin to using the dollar in international exchange. And EJ, why wouldn't they? Because the reality is this is the first thing I thought of as we watch the dimwit and diapers people want to believe is the president stumble on explaining kleptocracy when he's a member of the biggest kleptocracy. And this has been a plot of this country and our corrupt Federal Reserve since its inception. And what they've managed to do is cut in enough countries through the IMF and through a multitude of foreign policies where we're actually underwriting in so many cases so many of our enemies. Wasn't that really our issue with the uh, Ukrainian government, or as I call it, Ihor Kolomoisky's clubhouse, as we had to defend the corruption in that country, which was in the midst of a civil war? Absolutely. And, and let, let's, let's give the audience just like a, a, a really brief overview of, of how some of these different mechanisms work. We'll make a loan we being the federal government, will make a loan to another government like Ukraine. And then all of a sudden, that government is not able to pay it back. So what happens? A banking syndicate will get together and they will say, hey, we'll front the the money for this loan and we will essentially refinance it. Oh, and by the way, the federal government, again, guarantees the loan. So the bankers have no risk whatsoever. Bankers, of course, belong to the Federal Reserve System. And then once again, what happens later on? That foreign government, like Ukraine, needs more money. What happens? We simply restart the whole thing. Another banking syndicate gets together. They once again refinance the loan. And every single time, since the federal government doesn't have the money for it, it's the Federal Reserve who's creating the money in order to finance this loan. And once again, around and around the wheel goes. And even if the money is not explicitly being taken from the American people in taxes it is implicitly being taken by inflation by the reserve. And my favorite part, my the cherry on the Ponzi scheme financial fraud Sunday. Through propaganda, you can actually get the serfs to cheer for their own demise as you convince them that the answer to their problems 
is to increase the interest rate they pay on their own debt by telling them that all we need to do now is raise the rates. Are you astonished that you have so many idiots cheering for their own destruction? No, it's. It, I'm not surprised at all, but at the same time, it's, it's saddening and it's scary. Sean, when you look at the amount of consumer credit card debt that is out there, it is mind-boggling. The trillions of dollars of savings that was accumulated during the pandemic is literally gone. It has been wiped out by price increases. So all of that extra money that the government basically spent on us, that they created out of nothing, we have now had to repay in the form of higher prices. So once again, you're no better off, right? This is the Federal Reserve, of probably the best metaphor for it, is the devil, the snake, in the Garden of Eden, telling yeah. Eve that she can eat the apple and suffer no bad consequences, right? So now what are we faced with? As you rightly pointed out, growing interest rates. So we are now heading into an economic situation. The economy is slowing down. Consumers are running out of money. They're putting more and more into credit cards while interest rates are about to go up. For those who don't know, credit cards have a variable interest rate. That means they respond to market rates. As the market goes down, the rate goes down. As the market rate goes up, the rate on your credit card goes up. So all these people who already can't make it from week to week or month to month on a single paycheck are about to be in an even worse situation because now they'll have higher interest payments on top of higher prices. And the Republican and Democrat answer, which is the most sickening part of the whole story, is as we slip into this failure, you are going to once again bail out the big ones and let the small ones go away to corporatize what's left. And as I look at my favorite indicators to look at are credit card and mortgage delinquencies, which quietly is at levels we haven't seen since 2008, right before the 2009 collapse. Do you think that um, the information of this will be categorized as misinformation or will people finally start to talk about the precipice we're on? I, I think the administration is going to continue their Orwellian campaign to classify anything that they don't like as misinformation. I mean, it was absolutely amazing to hear them talk about this horrible economic report from the first quarter that they somehow glorify by talking about how much more consumers are spending. Of course, consumers are spending more. The price of literally everything is going through the roof. Why wouldn't consumers be spending more? Consumer spending basically increased by almost double digits, and yet people only got about 2% more. Where did the other 8% go? Oh, inflation. That's right. But once again, if it doesn't fit the narrative, the administration is going to ignore it, or they're just going to spin it. They that's say, precisely what we saw, and that's what I think they'll continue to do. They say that the entire conservative Barry Goldwater movement was started on about $8 billion of debt. We are now at $30 trillion. We are writing checks for wars that we pretend we're not fighting for $50 billion. Have the people just lost track of exactly the quantity, the amount, because they're beaten down or ignorant to the kind of money and how bankrupt this country really is? And is the, that's the other question. Is there a question? I believe the American, the American society, American government is bankrupt, and the only way they can exist is by creating more of this monetized debt. I'd like to know what you think. Yeah, once again, I don't, I don't know how you get out of this mess without a tremendous amount of pain, uh, whether that's 
through incredibly high inflation levels or whether that's through a worldwide depression. I just don't know how you get out of this. If you can imagine living the first seven or eight decades of your life not working and putting everything on a credit card, and then the last decade of your life you have to work so hard that you can make up for all of that, that is essentially the position that we put ourselves in. We have been living high on the low for far too long, and we owe a tremendous amount of money. And that has to eventually be repaid. Again, maybe through inflation or maybe through a devastating depression. But one way or the other, the bill comes due and it has to be paid. The other way you could do it, and this is something I really was let down by the Trump administration on, is that to take that that debt, that money you were talked into creating, or I don't care how much of the national debt, and zero it out with interest, not with forfeiting the obligation. You are now going to create, you've created in the last two years, $8 trillion, $11 trillion, if I add it all up, 11.6. Why should anybody make 1%? And why is it that we can't freeze that to zero? That's a good question. You know, part of the problem is that when the government borrows money, sometimes they're borrowing it from other government entities, whether that's entities within our government or foreign governments. Sometimes we ourselves are loaning the money. So if we were to just zero out the debt, you are essentially going to have many American citizens who are owed that money, and it has literally just vanished. So I'm, I'm not have... suggesting forfeit. I'm saying 0% interest. That's what I mean. I'm saying pay it back but at 0% interest. So so freezing that section of the debt that was created for COVID, let's just say, because that's obviously the virtue Trojan horse they, they printed it on. And for that amount of money, there will be zero interest. And for the rest, we open up the markets, because I'm trying to save it, because you and I both know how this ends, and it's ugly. And I don't want to be a Venezuelan citizen. I don't want to go through the Weimar Republic. But we're clearly, we've dwarfed those numbers. Both countries, we've dwarfed it. The only way you can do it is through manipulating the repayment and through freezing and lowering the spending. The other way is huh, apocalypse. I don't want to go through that. Well, that, but, but, but I, think, I think you just touched on the real solution, and that's the spending. So we are, we are actually at a point where you don't need to reduce spending that much to balance the budget. In fact, the deficit that we have right now is almost entirely composed of one thing interest on the debt. In other words, tax revenue right now is so ridiculously high, it's at record levels. It is so high that without paying interest on the debt, we actually balance the books more or less. So I think the real, the real key element here is to get spending down. And, and you mentioned this earlier in terms of failures on the Trump administration and things that we were let down on. This was a huge one. I don't put the blame entirely at Trump's feet. You know, you had you had jokers like Paul Ryan in there who promised him, look, just let us get this one big bill through. And the next yeah. one we send you, we promise will be a lot better. And, you know, and, and Congress just repeatedly lied to him on that. You know, so he, he wasn't in, he wasn't entire it wasn't entirely his fault. Let's just put it that way. Uh -huh. But neither here nor there. We have to get the spending down because the spending is really the problem. It's what got us into this mess. And it's what is going to get us out of this mess. Once again, this has nothing to do with revenue. This is not a revenue problem. Revenue is literally at a record high right now. 
Yeah, every month. EJ, I did it again with you. We didn't talk specifically about the articles, and they're such great articles that you write for the Heritage Foundation. We had a conversation. I love doing that with you, though, and I can't guarantee I won't do it the next time, but I love having you on. And the other solution I want, I want the Heritage Foundation to back me. I run, we take over, we call it the parties over mooches. All the spending is cut out. You foreign mooches first, then the domestic mooches. You think we can win? Oh, amen. I, uh, that, that right there, that is a winning ticket. E.J. Antoni, I, I highly recommend that everybody go to the Heritage Foundation and read you. I love having the conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Sean, thank you for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Ozzy Osbourne, am I correct, squirrel? Yeah. Did you see he went back to England? <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, going back to my funny-speaking country of the taxes failure is going to be this high i might as well go back because what ozzy recognized what i recognize and the reason i don't take these scum calls is that they have no morals no principles no fundamentals their goal is simple that is to throw us into a eastern european socialist oligarch run country that gets all of the stuff for free and pretends it's good rather than the reality of what socialists marxists communists collectivists of all kind do corrupt and destroy a nation this is why now during the Biden usurp administration that they stole, I love the hypocrisy. I really do. And it's also why I understood so many of the Lincoln, never Trumper and scum Republicans had to get Trump out. They didn't disagree with him on his corruption when he hired the 271 lobbyists. They didn't mind that. They didn't even mind the Federal Reserve policy that I thought was outrageous as we didn't freeze the interest rate to zero. And we're now going to experience a catastrophic tsunami of failure. But most of all, the industrial complex, which is a real atrocity. Because the, re the ramifications of a bipartisan corruption is when Barack Obama can drop more bombs on innocent people, 90% of the drone strikes killing innocent people around the world, and it goes without a murmur. More than, more than W. Bushy dropped. Trump. Dropped a tremendous amount of them. And all of the companies that were afraid that Trump would disrupt that flow of fraud and money. All of those notable companies that you used to hear the Democrat mafia rail against. Um, you do remember when rightfully they were upset with Halliburton. When rightfully they were upset with uh, Lockheed Martin and Northrop. Because after all, Boeing, they employed Republicans. You know what else I, I find astonishing? They don't say a word. When Raytheon is the employer, the former employer, of Lloyd Austin, the one who's selling the atrocity of the oligarch war in Ukraine. Tom, I So when I heard on Kramer two and a half years ago, it stuck in my mind. I had Honey Bunny get the clip today. I remembered how calm the CEO of Raytheon was, as it looked like the future for Raytheon was in the gutter. And then I listened to how they were diver diversifying themselves is what they wanted you to believe. But I knew what they were doing. They were assuring another conflict so they could make money. Tom, I, I think that your missile uh, business is second to no one. But what <laughs> I think the way you kill people, second to no one. This is from three years ago when the Trump administration was talking about destroying the idea of the military industrial complex. But I do uh, worry about the margins have been going down. Uh, not to your satisfaction. You just had Wes Kramer come in. You had a yeah. little change. The profitability that 
you're losing since Obama stopped dropping bombs on innocent people. You know, your stock price may go down. Although the previous fellow did want to retire, uh, you also have, uh, let's just say, uh, classified information that we don't know that brought your margins down. Always made it hard for me to analyze Raytheon, as you know, because the last, I mean, it's great to have new orders, but not good to pull down the margins. Will we have to worry about any of that once it's combined? Because it will not be as big a part of the vast mosaic. Well, I don't see what he's saying in his whiny voiced Wall Street. You know, there's not a lot of wars. For you to continue to make money through weaponizing and murdering innocent people. What is your plan for the future? And then it should have been also noted that at that time, they were the employer for Lloyd Austin. This is when democracy now, it's a front group for communists. But they used to pretend to be against wars. You know, before they support them, as long as they get a dimwit in charge that favors welfare for them. Here on Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the quarantine report. I'm Amy Goodman. As we turn to look at President-elect Joe Biden's nominee for defense secretary, retired four-star Army General Lloyd Austin. If confirmed, he would make history as the first black defense secretary. General Austin can only— But not the first defense secretary that worked for a bomb maker. That's commonplace. Only be confirmed if first a waiver is secured from Congress due to laws designed to preserve the civilian control of the military. Several Democratic senators, including Richard Blumenthal, Tammy Duckworth, John Tester and Elizabeth Warren have indicated they would oppose granting a waiver to Austin three years ago. They all supported it. The scum that they are. Because they're what they're referring to is the Truman Doctrine which said only a civilian should ironically be in charge of the Defense Department because they would avoid the military-industrial corruption that's in there, that Lloyd Austin is selling you this atrocity where we are having American weapons blow up Russian and, in some cases, Ukrainian—they speak Russian, though— towns and citizens and fuel depots and chemical plants. 17 Democratic senators voted against giving a waiver to General James Mattis when he was nominated by... But that was Trump's guy, and he was a Republican. Those 17 support this fraud, this salesman for Raytheon. President Trump. Now there's speculation some Democrats may vote against the waiver for Austin, but for his confirmation, while some Republicans may do the opposite. This comes as General Austin also faces scrutiny for his ties to weapons manufacturer Raytheon, whose board he sits on. And that's how you knew he was going to get in, and that's how you knew we were going to go to a active hotspot. And they never mentioned the other eight countries were bombing indiscriminately. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. Great show again. Thank you, Rich. A uh, question I have for you, and I need to pick your brain, is didn't they just raise the interest by a quarter percent not too long ago? Twice, maybe three times, and they're going to raise it another four. Okay, because the reason I'm saying this because the guest that you had on said that as they raise the rates, our credit cards are going to get higher and higher interest rates. Well, I just looked at my credit cards that are due you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, and they did raise them a quarter of a percent. Yeah, and so, they're going to go up again next week. So every time they raise it, my credit cards are going to be raised. Correct. And I'm going to be spending more money. So there we go. Bingo. We're going to get hit with more uh, And that's the hypocrisy money. I want to point out. The, the people, Rich, ironically, the vast majority of Democrats, aside from the oligarchs, are welfare recipients, are people who pretend that they need 
sustenance, even though they can make $200,000 and qualify for $350 a month. Those are the idiots that voted for this policy, ironically voting against the quality of their own life. But that's why they're called Democrats. They're morons, or they're in on the scheme. Mark, Western Suburbs. Yeah, hey, Sean. This is a little bit different than what you were talking about with the uh, defense. I heard today that um, Biden is going to revoke the right of conscience for medical workers, which I think is a travesty for healthcare workers. Yeah. Now they're going to be forced to participate in abortions, in gender reassignments, mm-hmm. and I think it's just nothing short of demonic and... and um, but what it is representative of, what it is representative of, is what happens every time you socialize anything, in particular healthcare. Those people, the providers, are slaves. And what you believe is irrelevant. You will step and you will fetch and you will promote the government agenda and you will produce whatever they want you to because in that system of a socialized utopia, the providers of those services are slaves. And this is how we're going to learn it, Mark. You could have looked at all these other countries that implemented this incompetent, failed policy of government provided health care and the rest of it and realized you know those guys not only do they suck at their job because the good ones left it the vast majority of them are basically postmen with lab coats and that's what you become a slave and then you're going to need a union and that union is going to fight for you to and against all of these things that you should have gotten in a free system that's the game mark and we're losing it because too many health care providers themselves wanted in on the corruption after all Blue Cross Blue Shield and the surviving insurance companies and those surviving hospitals, they wanted Obamacare. Well, you got it, boys. How do you like it? Thank you, Mark. This is the thing about a society. This is why the answer is always to have the provider. Give him tax incentives. You want to fix health care? Simple. You want to work on somebody, doc, for free? Good. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a dollar-for-dollar tax write-off of your own income tax. That's how you get good doctors. Instead of morons in lab coats walking around with thermometers. Like that scum in New York who was a school doctor and promoted that she was a doctor working on the front lines. I sent myself that article, damn it. All right, I'm going to go to commercial. John, Mark, Wyam Miller, you'll be on after this. 312-642-5600. AM 560. The answer. John Dunbar? He had a haircut like a Democrat congresswoman. Here, let's meet an example of a Democrat medical professional who likes the idea of the government and what they're doing. Riza Hoshino. You know who she is, Squirrel? Oh, you're going to like her. Here's some of her tweets during COVID. Actually, this is not during COVID. This is, this is from last month. Not sure how someone can tell me to my face that COVID is over. As I stand there in my scrubs, my N95 and face shield, exhausted, from treating all the COVID patients who are either severely ill or have long COVID. Unless you're us, you're truly never going to get it. That's one tweet. That sounds very good. I'm very stern. And she's got a picture of her in her lab coat. She's got her uh, little thesoscope or whatever the hell that thing is wrapped around her neck like a real professional. Riza Hoshino. You could find her on the New York Post. I estimate about 20 to 25% of my pediatric COVID patients end up having long COVID, try telling a child that you have no idea when they'll be normal again and see them tear up 
they potentially suffer for the rest of their lives. Guess what? Turns out she's a school doctor. Turns out she hasn't treated Jack. Turns out she's your typical representative of a Democrat mafia member. Lying to your face through her dirty diaper mask, you piece of dung. You think she'll be prosecuted? I wonder if she made money doing it. After all, you know what she is? She's a COVID influencer. She's the same kind of scum that's been selling you everything from the vaccine to the mask the whole time sitting on her flat ass in New York as they never went to school. She never treated a damn patient. Typical example of Democrat scum. That's why whether they're doctors, lawyers, accountants, or Indian chiefs, you don't come near me or my family. Keep your medical advice. Keep your corruption, you piece of good deal. John and Palatine. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, charlatan medical people, you remember back in 2018, didn't uh, Lauren Underwood have a commercial with her and a stethoscope around her Ooh, neck? Too? She's just like this. That's not why I called. Yeah, just like this, didn't we? And the whole time she didn't have a license from Illinois. And the step-and-fetch Democrat scum suburban voter put her in. She's a congressperson. She's not qualified to be a hat check girl. Go ahead. Hey, so anyway, you know, everybody's all, you know, hooray for this 2000 Mules movie. And, you know, I was just listening to the commercial. And it says that, oh, but the Democrats didn't know they got caught. But the thing is, okay, so we caught them. Who's doing what about it? You'll nothing. have to have. You'll have to uh, wait. The, the Republicans are doing nothing. The Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland is the head. He's a Chicago mafia member. Worked his way up in the Barack Obama administration. Remember, Barack wanted him to be on the Supreme Court uh, uh, of the of of America. You remember, he looks like a ferret. He's got a ferret face. Merrick Garland. He's a Chicago mafia guy. He and does. he's he's in charge of the Department of Justice because somehow in this country we allowed the head of the law enforcement that is supposed to watch the government to be appointed by the president rather than being voted a voted position, which it should be by the people, because that should be the opposition in that office, making sure that scum well, like sure. his crack smoking son can't meander around sure. our country. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to see this 2000 Mules movie uh, tonight and on the 7th, and we see all of this so-called evidence, but nothing happens, then what's it make our country look like? What, for like all what our, it is, the, the a, corrupt oligarch run, a corrupt oligarch-run system. That's what we have. But they're gonna, this is now why you have to make sure that they don't steal the next one, because until there's a, a, a man of character, a Republican in that office of character, nothing's going to happen. You're exactly right. Thank you very much. I had a great show. I had a great time. Can you believe the show's over? We get to Mark Wyman. How much time we got? I don't have time. I got 10 seconds. Mark, okay. Emma Woodhouse got back on Twitter today. Who gives a rip? Elon Musk doesn't own Twitter. You gotta, it doesn't close till October. Stop celebrating. The corrupt SEC and government can stop the sale. I'll be back to explain that in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.